This is No Extra Words. One Person Search for Story, Season 3, Chris's Audiobook Blog for Wednesday, May 8th, 2019. I'm Chris Baker-Dersh and I'll be your host. We're coming up on Mother's Day and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that because it's a complicated relationship I have with this holiday, but it does have me thinking about the role my mom played in my life of being the person who inspired me to love reading. So I want to go in the Wayback File and talk about my origin story as a reader. And I also want to talk to those of you who are around kids, be they yours or someone else's, whether you're a parent or an aunt or uncle, teacher or good friend, how and why we inspire the kids in our lives to be readers. Um, I was a smart kid and learned to read really early. I learned to read when I was four years old. Right around the time I got my first pair of glasses, which always made my mom feel guilty. I think she felt like if I had had my vision corrected earlier, I would have read earlier. I don't actually think that's true. But I have this memory of learning to read kind of all at once. I used to sit on a stool in the doorway to the kitchen and look at books when my mom cooked. And I would describe to her what was happening in the book based on the pictures. And my memory of it is that one day... I just could read the words and they all of a sudden made sense. I don't think it was quite that abrupt, but that's how I remember it. And I read very fast and a lot from an early age, pretty much from that point on. So I've always been a reader. Um, It ebbs and flows through life. There are certainly times in my life when I read less than other times, but I never stop reading. It's never gone completely away. It's always been a thing I pull back to. Um, as a small child, it was really, really hard for my mom to keep me in books because I would read so fast. And so I went through, I've said this before, I went through the entire Little House series the summer before I started kindergarten. Um, and it was just, she had to find chapter books that were at my level uh, mentally that I, as a five and six-year-old child, could read but wouldn't be too much for me, but that would take me longer than, you know, half an hour to get through. And this is a problem I hear about from parents all the time. Um, If you have an early reader, it can be really hard to keep them books because especially if you have a fast reader, they just go through them. Um, But in terms of who inspired me to love books, it really is my mom. Um, When I think back to my childhood, I'm sure my dad read us stories. Um, it's funny to watch my dad read to my kids now because he reads in this kind of monotone, but it's kind of funny. And I think that's probably how he did it with us. But my memory is my mom was the reader and my dad was the singer. My mom couldn't carry a tune to save her life. And so when my dad wanted to be the one who put us to bed or calmed us or whatever, he would sing to us when it was my mom, she would read us a book. And she read to us, um, all the way through my childhood, long after I could read myself. I have a memory of her reading us The Wind in the Willows um, is one that comes to mind. But one of the things that I know as a librarian is kids who read have parents who read. And so before we ever start reading to our kids, they're watching us read to ourselves and they're seeing that this is a thing from which you can derive pleasure. And I definitely remember that from my mom. She had shelves of books and it didn't even, it doesn't have to be fancy high literature. I mean, she had this shelf full of books um, that were, I read them later when I was a teenager. Um, So they were romance, but not super steamy. 
uh, they were historical romance and they just had the names of states on them. So there was like Texas, Tennessee, Washington, Iowa. And I'm sure there was an order as to how the country moved West, but she read those, um, you know, she liked just kind of mass market paperback stuff like that. And I'd get them from her as I got older and, and read them. Um, and I just remember, you know, I don't think she was a heavy reader in the years that I knew her, but I just remember her kind of always having a book next to her bed, next to the table where she'd work, um, just to have. And she was the one who took us to the library and I would see her get books, not just for us, but also for her. And she became a really big audiobook person long before I was ever into audiobooks. I like audiobooks now. It took me a long time to come to them and they play a, a specific role in my life. I'm not, I'll talk about audiobooks in another episode, but I do like them, but I have trouble focusing and following the story unless I'm kind of in a certain frame of mind and it's a certain kind of book. So I know people who binge listen to audiobooks the way I binge listen to podcasts, but it was my mom who really got into audiobooks. She was a quilter and a sewer. And so she was often doing things with her hands and she would get audiobook after audiobook after audiobook from the library to play on her little cassette deck while she was doing that. And so she was the one who really showed me what reading for pleasure could be. And to the point where I even remember on the day that she died, um, which was unexpected, she had finished her book. And that was a really, really exciting thing for her because she'd been working on this book for a while. And when she got sick, she was sitting in her chair with her book. Um, so it was a, a lifelong thing for her. And... My dad was not as much of a reader when I was a kid in terms of books. And I think it was just because he was working full time. My dad worked a lot of hours when I was a child. He coordinated activities at a big high school. So he had a lot of evening events to deal with as well as being in the school all day with the kids and monitoring attendance and doing all the things administrators do. Um, and so, but he read the paper every day, like clockwork, religiously, and now that he is retired, his house is just full of books and he's got stacks of books in his um, office, his home office. And I'm always telling him to please stop putting his address label on them because he gets those free address labels. You know, you you donate money and they send you a million address labels and he'll put the address label on the book and then read it once, which makes it really hard to donate. And he, his response is, well, if they want it, they'll take it with my name on it. That's my dad. So he's a person who likes reading, but it's fulfilled different different roles in his life. Um, but I think in my experience, it has been true and it is 100% true. According to all the research, parents who read books have kids who read books. Um, and so a couple of tips for those of you out there who are around kids is to let them see you enjoy all kinds of books, both the books you're reading to them and the books you're reading to yourself. Um, and if you're not reading anything to yourself right now, because you have little kids, and that's hard and time consuming. And believe me, I understand. I've been there. Thinking about how you can fit a book or two into your routine can be really, really good self-care um, as well as being good for your kids. So I think it's a good reminder to all of us as parents that the taking care of yourself is taking care of your children. And when we fail to take care of ourselves, we're not doing our children a service. Um, and so let them see you enjoy books. Let them see you enjoy libraries. Enjoy books together. My husband is reading the BFG to our son right now. 
and he's loving it. I've been reading him the Mouse and the Motorcycle series because he's really into mice right now. And his dad just read him Stuart Little. And so we read a lot of picture books. We go through stacks and stacks of them. But we also, each of us usually has a chapter book going with him at any given time. And we kind of stick with the same person reading it so we can follow the story together. Like I will tell him, you know, if you want that giant book, you have to ask daddy because that's what you and daddy are doing together. So let yourself have that experience of enjoying books together and then let them see you enjoy books for yourself. You know, let them see you wander through a library and pick up a book that's just for you because they're seeing that this is an activity that has value, that this is an activity that's entertaining and exciting. And you know how kids are. They want to be just like the grownups in their lives. Um, I was giving this spiel to a group of new parents about a year ago and the question came up, what about eBooks? What if my kids see me reading ebooks? Does that count? Is that the same thing? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't think there's been enough research on that yet to know if kids are getting the same import. I would think that kids who are old enough to understand that you're reading a book might, but we do so many things on our devices that I think finding a way to differentiate for your kids what reading for pleasure looks like versus what scrolling on a phone looks like can be a good thing. So I would encourage you to add some kind of print media. And this is just me off the top of my head. I don't know. Like I say, the research is not clear, but I don't think adding some kind of print media, be that a print book, a magazine, um, a newspaper, whatever it is to your world, lets kids really connect the dots between reading and pleasure. Um, me, myself, I'm not an ebook person, but I do understand that for some people, ebooks are a little easier to navigate in this time of having little kids that are less likely to get torn to pieces and that kind of stuff. I do get that. But I also think that part of the act of reading is the act of, it's a slow form media. You're unplugging from the very fast paced media world we live in and doing something that slows you down a little bit. And you can certainly do that with ebooks, but I think your kids are going to have a harder time seeing that association if they only ever see you on devices. So think about how you can do that, I think will help. Or at least, you know, maybe have the physical books in your home, get them from the library or something, even if you only are dipping into them and you're doing your real reading on the iPad at night when the kids are asleep. I just think having them around can be super helpful. Just seeing and seeing you excited about books and living in a print rich environment is very good for kids. The research, when we correct for everything else, when we correct for socioeconomic status and education level of parents and all the things that we know set kids up for school success automatically because there's a lot of privilege built into our culture. The one thing that across all, I shouldn't say the one thing, but one major thing that across all of those lines really helps set kids up for success in school is growing up with access to books and literature in their homes, being in that print rich environment. And the nice thing is, pretty much all of us have access to a public library. So we don't have to have a lot of funds to give them that print rich environment. You can go into a public library and check out a bag full of 30 books once a week through your kid's entire childhood. Probably will cost you a few bucks and overdue fines here and there, but you don't have to pay for the books and you can still create that environment for your kids. So a couple of tips there. Um, we're going to talk next week about summer reading and about the absolute 
necessity of reading what you love rather than what you think you have to read. But I think especially for if you are a parent indulging in whatever kind of reading makes you happy, does not matter what you are reading at all. Research has shown that it doesn't matter what you're reading to your kids. It doesn't matter what you're reading to yourselves. When they're little, the act of reading is what counts. So you can read all of the sparkly princess books your eight-year-old wants, provided you can tolerate them. It's okay for parents to let books go on vacation when they're driving them nuts and they're helping her. And you can read all the trashy romance novels you want. And the act of seeing you do that is also helping your kids. So let yourself off the hook. Nobody's asking you to read Homer. If you don't like classic children's books, don't read them to your kids. It's fine. You can pick up whatever looks like fun. It's not a big deal. I had somebody ask me something a while back that challenged me. Her question was, does it matter that we raise kids to love books? She's like, okay, so you love books. That's your thing. You get it from your mom who loved books. That's her thing. That's fine. But what if we raise kids who don't love books? What if we raise, you know, what if I have a kid who loves soccer or who loves painting or who loves music? You know, what if I have a kid who these other things fill in the place in their life that books fill in for yours? Well, first of all, I did do all those things. I think one of the reasons I got into books is I was the kind of kid who was always ahead in school. And so I had the time to read because I'd get bored in school. And so I'd take stacks of books to school because it would keep me out of trouble. Um, so if you're not a fast reader like me, the act of reading is going to take up more time in your life. And we all know we have really, really overscheduled kids. And so the act of reading for pleasure is something that may fall lower down on the list. So do we have to raise kids who are book lovers and voracious readers? And that really made me think because I'd not question that before because I'm a librarian and the message that we get professionally is we want to motivate kids to love reading so that they can help it will help them in school if they like reading it will help them in school if they're good readers but that question really and so I was talking it over with several people my husband some teacher friends some other people because I wanted different perspectives and here's where I kind of landed first of all there's a difference between like and love um, not every kid is going to grow up to be like me. And I totally get that. If you're raising a kid who is going to spend a good chunk of their time in some other activity and have less reading time, then that is okay. Um, I, I don't need every kid to grow up to be a bookworm who starts a book podcast and becomes a librarian. I'm the extreme. Um, however, there's a spectrum. If you're raising a kid who really doesn't like reading and complains every single time they have to read and all of that, two things are going to happen. First of all, it's going to make school more difficult because reading is going to be a part of their life for the next couple of decades of their lives when they're little. That's just a reality. Even though our reading has gone more digital for school and those kinds of things, we're not hauling around the textbooks. It doesn't matter. Reading is still a huge part of getting an education. And if they hate it, they're in for a long haul in school. So having them not hate it even if they don't love it, is going to help. And the other thing is that reading is reading equals critical thinking um, because reading answers questions. If you're reading nonfiction, that's a more straightforward thing. You know, you want to learn about something. And that's the other thing about kids is some of them will hate fiction but will love reading nonfiction. That's okay. I think we oftentimes try to push them towards novels. And again, it's a thing you're going to have to absorb a little bit in school, but not everybody's going to be a novel reader. So if you have a kid who will complain about being 
thrust thick books in English class, but likes the big books on spiders and creepy crawlies, that's okay because reading answers questions. But there are also kids who are fiction readers who get annoyed when they're told to read nonfiction. And schools, I think, are doing a better job of balancing the two now, but used to skew much more heavily towards fiction, especially with younger kids. Um, And I think with Common Core, you can argue all day about the pros and cons of Common Core, but one of the things it does is it balances fiction and nonfiction texts in school. So kids are getting a balance of both, which I think is really important because kids like both and gravitate towards both. And some of them might go one way or the other. And if we force too many of the one thing on them, it might turn them off reading entirely. But fiction also answers questions just in a different way. When you're following a character through a story, that's answering questions about life. It's answering questions about thought, families, friends, whatever else it is. So being able to read, to answer questions, to process through ideas, that's critical thinking. Um, As an adult, it's going to become more and more optional. But we read a lot. We read a lot. We may not read a lot of books, but we read a lot. I mean, think about how much of your day you spend reading text in work, out of work. It's more than you think when you start to break it down. Even if you're not a reader, even if you haven't picked up a book this week, there's a lot of reading in our world. And if we can get kids excited about doing that when they're younger, it's going to become easier for them. And even if it's not something that they spend their lives doing as a lifelong hobby, which by the way, I think it's a pretty good lifelong hobby to have. So if you can turn them on to that, there are certainly worse things to turn them on to. But even if it's not going to be that, the act of doing it, doing it regularly and doing it without hating it, dreading it and pushing back at it when they're young is going to set them up for success later in life when they're going to have to do a lot of it. So those are some things to think about. Um, with our kids. And like I say, when I say our kids, I I think that most people have influence over some kind of kids in their lives. If you don't have children, then you probably have children in your world that you're around that are children of your, of your friends, children of your family. Um, and you are important to them too. And I think it's worth reflecting on who it is that inspired us to read and why it is that that was a good thing. You know, whether or not everybody has to be like me as a reader is a perfectly valid question. But I will tell you to wrap this up and coming back to thinking about my mom and Mother's Day, this hobby, this passion, this ability to escape into a fiction or non-fictional world through literature has served me very well. It's not just my profession. That's a sidelight. Um, It's gotten me through lonely times, hard times, sad times, bored times. Um, It's given me companions when I didn't feel like I had any at times in my life. It's also given me real world companions in finding other people who love books to talk about books with. It's a very worthwhile hobby to have. And whether your kids grow up with it or not, I'm grateful to the people in my life, the teachers, the librarians, and especially my mom who started the train, who gave me this passion for written word and story because I'm 40 now and I really don't know what my life would look like without this particular hobby. So I'm grateful for that on Mother's Day. I'm grateful for my mom and I'm grateful for a lifelong love of reading. As always, you can find me at noextrawords.wordpress.com. That's the main place. Although I will say I'm hopelessly out of date. I don't think I've done show notes in like five episodes over there. So, um, 
It's a good place to go to find all my links to my other things that I do keep up on. But I promise that's one of my springtime goals is to clean that up. Um, so I will direct you probably primarily to my social media. I'm at no extra words on Instagram, which might be the best place to find me. I'm occasionally on Twitter, um, and Goodreads as well. So those are places to connect with me. If you're on any of those platforms, I'd love to have you shout out and say hi. Um, I definitely want to talk soon about the coming of summer reading, um, because I'm a librarian and tis the season and I want to talk about why we do it. Um, where it all comes from, why we do so much pushing for summer reading for kids programs and things. So I think that's what I'm going to talk about next week. Um, and if you're building your own summer reading list, I would love to see it. I am thinking I'm going to stick with my month by month reading goals list and not do a summer list for myself, but I will keep you posted. Um, in the meantime, I hope that you will go out in the world, find yourself a good book or a good story, and I will talk to you all very, very soon. Take care.